0: What should be the role of business leaders in Africa? And the thing that got me thinking about this is when I heard heard last year that Zimbabwe's richest man, Steve Masiwa, was paying Zimbabwe doctors because the government was broke. If you don't know Masiwa, he is there. The richest man in Zimbabwe, he owns Econet wireless which has operations in Africa, Europe and South America. So he's a dollar billionaire, no doubt. But why should he pay the doctor salaries, surely? Isn't there a government that was elected by the people? So this made me think that business leaders in Africa must be entrenched in the politics and direction of leadership of Africa. In the United States, there's no way you can become a president if you are against the business interests of a country, even the Democrats. In fact, the party that is supposed to be left of center, that is the Democrats, would be considered a centrist or right-wing party in Europe. So that's how right the Democrats are. Because America is by and large a country of corporations, by corporations and for corporations. They decide the destiny of politics of that country. And if you think I'm joking, when Bernie Sanders announced his bid for the US presidency, when he dropped down from the presidential race. That day, the insurance share shot up because they thought Bernie Sanders' Sanders' ideas on free healthcare would hurt the insurance industry. I'm not saying... uh, Okay, that's a bit negative side of the business, but you get a feel of how the business politics decides the destiny of america and even the candidate barack obama uh, he was in part propelled to power by the financier george soros so in america you really have to be a business-minded person and to be president and in fact donald trump was loved by his people because he was a billionaire businessman the richest president in american history so to speak because they thought now uh, washington needed someone who is not used to the ways of washington to clean up the mess of politics to drain the swamp in trump's onwards so they brought in a billionaire the republican uh, candidate of course the issues of race Got hijacked by the left media, but the thing is that he was profoundly pro business that is, Donald Trump. And so, in Africa, we need business to work and shift our politics towards better leadership in Africa. He shouldn't be. I know many Africans have been conditioned to think that. Being socialist is to be African, and being capitalist is to be anti-African. But no, we need an economic system that works. And there's no better system that generates wealth except capitalism anywhere in the world. Even China is communist country in government, but capitalistic in business. It has more billionaires than the United States. So what role should the business leaders? entrepreneurs have in the dispensation of Africa. For one, they could fund parties that uh that adhere to their interests, fund conservative candidates who are pro business, who will make business thrive in Africa. Businessmen and entrepreneurs specifically are the ones who solve the toughest challenges that in Cumbia, Africa, they know where the shoe pinches most. They create the jobs that sustain livelihoods and incomes in Africa, so they are most they are the most affected by a bad regime. For instance, Ivory Coast lost 30 percent of its GDP because of a civil war. So that's how you should think of business. If war comes along, then the businessman will uh, will scatter away, his investments or her investments will burn. And the African entrepreneur is the one who will liberate Africa. The foreign investor will flee, but our entrepreneurs, the African entrepreneurs, are the ones with us. They experience the same problems as us. And they are there through thick, through thick, through thin, through the rainy days, through the sunny days. The African entrepreneur is the one who has made Africa stand, even as the politicians load trillions of dollars every year to Western banks. So, really, for me, I will be arrogant here. I will say, if someone cannot run a kiosk, then they have no right to a leadership. If someone cannot run, a village kiosk given for a single day. They have no right to demand to expropriate or share out my taxes. That would be disingenuous to say the least. So we need pro-business candidates, pro-business presidents, pro-business prime ministers, pro-business members of parliament, pro-business governors, provincial administrators, that's how far i think yes because business is what creates wealth and so businessmen in africa in each african country have to think of ways they don't have to run for office themselves they can concentrate on creating wealth but then again look for candidates who are pro business and fund those candidates they control the media the money the industry and they could maneuver their way around to make sure that only conservative candidates are elected to office in Africa. I I am all about compassionate conservatism, conservative ideas taking root in Africa and in Africa, in America and around the world possibly, and so I have no shame to say that I am not a left-leaning person. I'm a I'm a center-right person. I support pro-business government, and I think in Africa, uh, government is a problem. Look at Somalia. It has it is it has been unstable since uh, the dictator Siad Barra was overthrown in 1991. But even in that state of uh, statelessness. Having no functioning government and squabbling all over, Somalia Somalia has the lowest uh, internet data costs in Africa and the seventh lowest in the world. All because it has 11 telecom companies that all compete to offer value for money for uh, the Somali telecoms customer. So that's the profound power of business in shaping our livelihoods. And so, throughout Africa, we should have pro-business candidates who are all about increasing the scope of conservative candidates in Africa and ensuring that center-right candidates throughout Africa take office and catapult Africa to even greater heights. It is entrepreneurship that will propel Africa to greater heights the Nigerian entrepreneur billionaire entrepreneur Tony Elumelu and chairman of the Pan-African Bank uh, UBS says the time for political transformation is now behind us it's now time for economic transformation and there's no better person for economic transformation and for the African businessman and entrepreneur and so I think that is why they should not directly get involved but be concerned about be concerned enough about having credible pro-business leadership and funding and funding candidates who are pro-business so that's so that's just it I think uh that is it Let business candidates, business billionaires millionaires and even ceos and executives be involved in politics indirectly that is so i've outlined all these factors on how african businessmen and business leaders can shape the scope and leadership of africa in my book The New Africa Rising, that is The New Africa Rising by Collins Mabinda Okango. The New Africa Rising by Collins Mabinda Okango. It's available on Amazon Kindle for only $4.99. You can preview the first 20 pages for free and then have a a feel of the tone of the book and make a purchase for only $4.99. So here is a a preamble, a sneak preview of the book. Here is page one of the book. Okay, I'll read it just very quickly. Okay, here we go. How is a continent that has so much potential, abundant natural resources, and unlimited human capital, sit at the tail end in almost all important global statistical measurements? Africa accounts for just one percent of global trade, one percent of new patents, one percent of stock market activity, to name just a, just but a few of the economic parameters. How can the continent increase its economic output to the world, and in return, become more wealthy and prosperous? And most importantly, who is to blame for the continent's woes? Is it the bad leadership? than fair-world trade practices that favor the rich and developed countries or a combination of both internal and external factors. In the 1960s, the independence wave swept across several African countries. And yet, 50 years later, the same problems that encumbered the continent then are still the same ones that the continent grapples with. War, disease and poverty are still in there national manifestos and vision statements of several African countries. There are more of ideas that haven't translated to tangible benefits on the ground. And yet, journalists and public commentators continue to proclaim that six of the ten fastest growing economies in the world are in Africa. So even in the midst of all the tragedies and despair, There's a palpable sense of renewal that is sweeping across Africa, especially among the continent's young population. With these small gradual steps that are being made in many African states result in an exponential growth that will catapult the continent to sit at the center of world affairs rather than at the periphery. Or will these small steps merely be a bubble which will burst as fast as it appears? So that's a sneak preview. That's the page one of the book, The New Africa Rising. The New Africa Rising by Collins Mabinda Okango. The New Africa Rising by Collins Mabinda Okango. Get it on Amazon for only 4.99 dollars. Get it on Amazon for only 4.99 dollars. You can preview the first 20 pages for free. however feel of the tone of the book and then make a purchase thank you